3: Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke F Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, I'm really excited to bring to Woke F Daily for the very first time, Corey Nathan. Corey Nathan is the host of Talkin' Politics and Religion podcast. And we first got into a conversation on my other podcast with my friend Wajahat Ali, Democracy-ish. And, you know, often I don't talk about religion. I don't talk about the mix of religion and politics because I don't come from a religious background. But I do understand how politics and our policy, and frankly, the founding of this nation is wrapped up in religiosity. I mean, for fuck's sake, we have on our coins, in God we trust. We, God bless America. Um, We do all of these things reflexively. And for people who are like myself, who deem themselves more spiritual, agnostic, not subscribing to any organized religion, getting into conversations with folks who do subscribe to religion, if it is not a thoughtful, open-minded conversation, can end up in, you know, huge squabbles and just everyone shutting down. That is not the case with Corey Nathan. And I have enjoyed joining his podcast, him joining Now Woke AF for the first time. We get into an in-depth conversation with regard to how we engage, you know, rather than shut down with people. We open up the conversation talking about the cruelty that is being exhibited by Republicans who claim, right, Christian faith, and yet their actions say otherwise and what that means. And so I really hope folks that you enjoy this conversation with Corey Nathan. I hope that you will check out his podcast, Talk in Politics and Religion Pod. You can follow him at Corey Nathan on all social media platforms as well as his podcast. So I do hope that you enjoy this conversation. Do let me know in the comment sections below how it lands with you. I always appreciate your feedback. It's no secret that the news is horse pill hard to swallow. Thankfully, there's the Bituation Room podcast hosted by comedian and commentator Francesca Friorentini for a lighter take on the heavy stuff. Each week, the Bituation Room brings you progressive comedians, experts and activists to break down the issues in a way that won't just leave you crying under a weighted blanket. Get the Bituation Room on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and streaming on YouTube and Twitch. Folks, I am very happy to welcome to Woke AF Daily, Corey Nathan, who is the host of the podcast, Talking Politics and Religion, um, who just has, we've had incredible conversations, Corey, on Democracy-ish, my other podcast, on your own podcast, and I wanted to bring this conversation to the Woke AF audience. Um, I love the way that you are able to weave in religion, politics, and just kind of give us a 50,000 foot view, and then zero in on the contradictions, the many, many contradictions that we see in our body politic today, particularly at the hands of Republicans. The the topic that I kind of want to start off with today um, is one that has really, Corey, been grating on me um, for the last week or so since it's happened, um, which is Ron DeSantis, And Greg Abbott in Texas playing political games with human beings, most recently with Ron DeSantis uh, lying to a group of migrants and then from Venezuela, who were not even in his state. Putting them on chartered planes and sending them to Martha's Vineyard as a way to, quote unquote, own the libs. These are people, Corey, who profess to be somehow children of God. I don't know what God, but that's what they profess to be. These Christo, Christo fascists, right? Which is what I will refer to them as, because I don't see what else you would refer to their behavior as. When you see these images and these examples of cruelty being normalized in our media and in our politics, Corey, what comes up for you?
1: Well, you, you used a word at the beginning of your thoughts that I think is key. And that word is human. Uh, I think that this, the actions that are taken on the part of DeSantis in particular, because I've, I've watched his, uh, stand-up comedy routines. I, I don't know what else you could call it. There, he's like going on tour now. He's going to other states and he's brazenly uh, proclaiming and showing off his his cruelty and and, and and is celebrating it. And I think the only way that you get there is by numbing your sense of someone else's humanity. L- yeah. Losing or never having seen or never having acknowledged that this is another human being. You know, I, I got to talk to Waj, and he had a really insightful way of describing this whole Christian thing, this the, the, the way that someone like DeSantis uh would use the the name of God or, or Jesus or um his his label of Christianity. And Waj put it in such a way he said, Jesus is his mascot. Jesus isn't his Lord. Wow. Jesus is his mascot, you know, and, and it's something very different. I mean, I, I, (laughs) you, you mentioned that you, we were going to be talking about this and um, I've gotten into really heated conversations because to me, it's very clear whether we're looking at Hebrew by, and I know not all of your audience are, are uh, Judeo of the Judeo Christian background. Mm -hmm. But I, I do bring it up not to evangelize or anything like that, but because this is this is supposed to be the word and the authority that guides our morality, our ethic, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten into heated debates about, hey, listen, I know I know y'all prefer your socio uh, political leaning is is, you know, closed border. And, you know, they're only bringing the rapists and, the you know, and, and seeing them seeing other humans in another light you know, but listen, this is the word of God. When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born, love them as yourself. For you were foreigners. This is still true. Even if you don't buy the Bible, we could take this statement and say, this is a virtue to see our neighbors a certain way, to see our neighbors as ourselves. Because I know, you know, I uh your your parents are originally from um
3: Jamaica. Uh,
1: Jamaica, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you can identify. I identify with it. We talked mm-hmm. about my grandmother arriving here at Ellis Island on March 3rd, 1921. I, I was a foreigner. This is my story, you know. And if 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 DeSantis can't see that, if DeSantis doesn't know his own family's history, we're happy to look it up for him, just like we looked it up for Donald fucking Trump or trump I sh- I should say. You know, we're happy to look it up for you.
3: You know what it is? It's that what I've come to understand is that there is no shaming the devil, right? There is, there is no, there is no shaming of the devil. And I say that because I believe that these people are at, have come to a place where they are celebrating their evil. Like you said, Ron DeSantis is on a tour, a tour to evil, right? A tour to cruelty. But this isn't how the media is depicting this. They are depicting what is happening and what continues to happen with these migrants as political posturing, as opposed to dehumanization and cruelty, as opposed to where is Amnesty International, right? Where is the UN in terms of what laws against humanity this country is breaking, these governors are breaking. And so, my question for you is. You know, one of the major tenets of authoritarianism and fascism is to normalize violence, is to normalize political violence and to normalize cruelty and brutality in such a way that people begin to look the other way. It's similarly that we've all, when we see headlines with regard to mass shootings, it's really only the amount of people being gunned down at one time that moves us. If it's four or less people, we're like, oh, isn't that sad? And we turn the page or we turn the channel and we move about our day because there's just been so many shootings. It's hard to shed tears for all of them because you'd be crying all day, every day. So my my question, Corey, is when we start to become desensitized to this level of cruelty, what do you see as the long term impact on our ability to have empathy and compassion, and what that does to the, our founding principles, whether or not we've ever truly met them, at least each generation in some form or fashion has strived towards that
1: yeah i I want to hold out hope i want to i, I think one of the ways that I've been able to continue uh, in my efforts is to hold out hope for individuals, to hold out hope for um, other human beings, even for people who are in that room where Desantis is giving his performances. Uh, that other there are other human beings that I think are not beyond our reach. You know, I think that there are folks. I've been thinking a lot about this Bible study I went to. It was a Sunday school class that we were going to for like 10, 15 years. When I first became a Christian, first having kids it was called Young Marriages. And listen, I'm realistic. I think if there were 20, 25 of us in that room that are going to that class, uh, I'm still friends with a lot of them. I'm not going to fool myself into thinking that that entire room is persuadable. But you know what? I do think that there's one or two or three that are you know and what does that look like so 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 what might be the question but no there is a so what because just as an example and I'm kind of taking a left turn here i live in a district a us congress house district california 27 that was decided by 333 votes out of mm. over 340,000 people who cast a vote and christy smith lost that one but she's running again so why do i think of my sunday school class and how is that connected because if i can persuade one person from my old Sunday school class, that means Christy wins this time. And that's exactly uh, suburban college-educated women in particular. That is exactly the constitu- constituency that's, that's in the swing. So if I can convince, you know, my friend Margaret, like, hey, you know, I think we got it wrong on this immigrant thing. I, I think we, you know, I, I know that we're rooting, we, we're always trained to root for the red, root for the Republicans. We're always trained to vote. Don't think, just vote and vote the way, you know, uh, our people, you know? No, 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 no. It's time to think. It's time to think. Why? Because loving the Lord your God involves loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So let's think. So I'm talking to Margaret right now, and I'm saying, we got this, you know, Trump separated children from their parents, and we're still having to clean up the mess. You know, uh, De- DeSantis and Abbott are are making it about own the libs. So to them, it's not about any philosophy. It's not about any theological premises that they're basing it on. It's based on this worldview that everything is a contest that they have to win. They've identified yes. the enemy, and the enemy is anybody outside of a particular cult, that cult being anyone who's going to bow down to the golden statue of Nebuchadnezzar, a modern day Nebuchadnezzar, i e. Trump, you know, or or that Trumpism, if you will, even if you want to take Trump out of the equation, this trumpism because that's what that's what DeSantis is trying to do. He's trying to do his bad imitation. Of Trump, but maybe he's a little bit more polite about it. Bullshit. He's not polite. He's sending. He's he's forgetting about the humanity of human beings, and and he's he's tricking them into going thousands of miles away uh, after they've already been on a thousand mile journey. You know, I so I think that it's one it's one area where we might defer because, like I said, I want to hold out hope, even for maybe not for Desantis himself. But but for people in that room, because I think one or two or three are persuadable not to get on, you know, not not to start uh, carry protest signs and, you know, be full on board with um, with, you know, Democratic activists. And, you know, I I don't think that's that's the case. But I think if we can if we can persuade even one degree, one percent, you know, one person out of that room just to just to cast one vote. For a person who believes in our democratic institutions, uh, who, who understands that this time, I know you've always voted Republican and you think that's the Christian thing to do. I'm a Christian, I'm a conservative, and I'm voting proudly for a Democrat because no matter how much I disagree with Christie on certain fiscal issues, uh, we we agree that democracy itself is at stake. So yeah, uh so, sorry to go on so long, but again, no, I think it... I would just I just want to hold out hope for some of those. Some, not just for the folks in that room, but that that circle gets wider because there are some folks who are just sort of um, they they don't want to talk about it. They not They don't want to think about it, and they're just kind of getting carried away with this wave. But but you know, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength requires us to really think through this stuff. To really think through: Are we worshiping a God, or are we faithful to even taking God and Christianity out of the equation for a second? but are we faithful to what we know to be true and right to what we know to be good virtues? Are we being faithful to that? Or are we setting all that aside because we happen to be on a team that wears these red hats and part of being wearing red hats means that it's okay to be cruel. It's, it's, it's Mm -hmm. winning to be cruel. You Mm -hmm. know? So yeah, you
3: start. No, but that, you know, that, but that's the thing is that, The reason why I love our conversations is because there has to be some other way to persuade people to tap in to their shared humanity. There has to be a way to open up people's eyes to the fact that the zero-sum game means that they lose as well, right? that there is no way to put on that red hat and to for instance deny the existence of climate change as you're standing in front of crumbling infrastructure your home and community being hit once again by raging floods and fires and to think that like you're going to continue to vote against your best interest you don't have you don't have to carry a protest sign right to understand that taking care of the land, the water, the environment, and the air should in fact be a principle of the very religion that you are touting as a reason you are against so many other people, so many other issues. And so I'm wondering, Corey, like, have we just, has the tribalism just consumed so many minds that we have, because this is a, this has always been a part to me Of republicanism, which is the demonization of education, the demonization of what it means to have an open mind, right? To ask questions, to critically think. And so, you know, is there a way? Do you see that there is a way that we break through the tribalism, this red web that has fallen across this country? That we call Trumpism now that we are all trapped in, whether or not we are subscribing to it or not, we're all trapped inside of this red web. Is there a way to break out by appealing to people's humanity when they are being indoctrinated to dehumanize and applaud the humiliation and the cruelty being expressed onto other people?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And listen, there there is a place to fight. There's a place for I, I prefer nonviolent resistance, but resistance nonetheless, and resistance as a means of, of fighting a good fight, uh, you know, and getting in good trouble, uh, as as uh, the late uh, Representative Lewis would say, you know, but I think so there's a place for fighting, but I also think there's a place for bridge building. Well, Now, what does that look like? It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't look like getting into a thread on Twitter with somebody. Uh,
3: no does that. <laughs> you know,
1: I'll tell you, you know, I'm going out for beers <clears throat> tomorrow night with this guy. Uh, I've been friendly with him because I've played poker with him a bunch and um, we stayed in touch. I didn't realize how magnified he is until he vi- invited me to a game. And, and uh, first thing I see in his garage is this huge locker, a gun rack, you know, like a huge gun locker. Um, I think he, I, I'd like to think that he's a responsible gun owner. But he's one of these guys from the mindset of I I, we might have talked about this last time, but uh, Mm -hmm. of the come and take them kind of mindset.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. You know, so I'm not going to convince my buddy Darren to become, you know, a social justice warrior. But I do think that if we if we go out for beers and there'll be some sort of connection um, that all of a sudden I'm not just some, you know, some guy that he's getting in a spat with and contesting with on on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. I'm a human being, you know, and, um, and, and, but also he's a human being to me, you know, and I can understand if I, if I seek to understand what, what's behind the big gun rack, what's behind his feeling about that. uh, I might be able to, um, we might be able to get underneath to something that does, we do hold in common, for example, his concern for his family, his concern Mm -hmm. for his family and wanting to keep his family safe. And we share that, you know, how, what, how we, what what's derived from that and how Mm -hmm. we act and decisions that we make are obviously very different, but there's an underlying value that we share. So I think maybe making that connection and understanding that connection, I'm not going to, I'm not going to turn him around 180 degrees, but I think there's one or two things, one or two ingredients that I can throw in the mix where I'll give you an example. We were having an extended conversation about January 6th and he referred to guys who stormed the Capitol as asshats. I'm like, okay, good. We're making some progress. Yeah. At the very least they were asshats, but then he quickly diverted the conversation to, yeah, but where was your outrage when, you know, people were storming Seattle and Portland and, you know, all those people. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. These two things are not related. So mm-hmm. if we're going to address one, we'll address it. But these two things are not related. But if you want to mm-hmm. talk about it, let's talk about the fact that we're a year and a half, almost two years past January 6th. There hasn't even been a thousand arrests yet. And by mm-hmm. the way, there's been so much process. So some people are just, you know, got a got a minimal fine, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but some people who are beating, trying to beat cops to death and stab them to death. Yes, they're in jail, deservedly so. But you know, you know what? We're a year and a half, two years out. And still not even 1,000 arrests, 14,000 arrests within two weeks after George Floyd's, Floyd's murder. So we talked about that, you know. And, and I, think, I think, again, he wasn't thoroughly convinced. He didn't want to join the next protest march, you know. But I think he understood the depravity, frankly, in trying to connect these two things, the um, mm. the, the seditiousness. The, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like toxic. It's like poison. And and he bought the poison. He took that pill, you know? So I can't convince him of everything, but I can help him. I can understand him a little bit better and and honor the values, honor him as a human being, even if we've arrived at very different conclusions, you know? And that gives me, it's like the ticket that I have to buy in order to persuade him just a little bit on one thing, you know? And our relationship, I think, is going to bear fruit. Um, Not that I need him to agree with me on everything, but just... If nothing else, that he can see the humanity in the, uh, what we were originally talking about, in the human beings that that fled violence, that fled. You know, it's not like they wanted to leave their homes. It's not like they wanted to leave their businesses. But that's
3: the, that's the thing that I think is consistently lost, right? Is, and particularly around our broken and purposefully broken immigration system where we are assuming that people have this deep desire to flee everything that they have known, everyone that they have loved with a friggin' knapsack on their back, that being it. And going off into a land of people that you know, half of at least hate you, right? Have been trained to literally hate you. You've seen images of people at the border. And yet You are compelled by virtue of just the desire to have safety to do just that, to make that journey. And so like, is there, and, and, and the thing to me again, go back last, I I don't even know. Yeah. I guess it was last year when we had 14,000 Haitians at the border that were being beaten on horseback by border patrol. The images were all over the place. Biden scooped up fourteen thousand Haitians and sent them back to Haiti to political violence to uh unrelenting covid all of these things literally in the same month welcomed in a hundred thousand Ukrainians. No one bats an eyelash. Oh my God, we had changed our social media avatars to to Ukrainian flags and do all these things. So my question corey is how how do you go about having conversations about the clear the clear distinctions between who we see as human, who we can align ourselves with and be like, "Oh my god, look at that mother with that abandoned stroller. Look at those people, you know, with just their backpacks. There's the same their skin color is different. Their language is different. The desire for safety and freedom is not. So how do, we can, how do we get to that there, there?
1: Yeah. That's a quandary to say the least. Uh, you know, I, I think when we see folks that look different than us, that maybe have a different religion than us, you know, I, I see the fault in myself. You know, I see, I, I, was, I was watching this old uh, Bugs Bunny cartoon and the portrayal of an asian character oh dear i see it now i'm like oh, oh my god like these are the cartoons that i was watching and i wasn't even aware of <laughs> the the caricatures that 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 were getting emblazoned into my own mind into my own imagination until i had a friend this wonderful woman She she's one of those like fuck you friends. Like, (laughs) I don't have any of those. But she's like, fuck you, Corey. And and I love her to death. Her name's Helen. But she, she like, she's like, she's one of those people whose whose love language is punching you in the face. (laughs) She's she's um, you know, she's an Asian woman, uh, and and she's she's educated me, she's taught me, she's she's opened my eyes. There's a blindness. And I think in a way there's, there's a, a deadness, you know, I wasn't Mm. even alive. My soul wasn't even alive to these, these blind spots that I had, you know, until I had a wonderful friend who opened up my eyes to it. I'm thankful for Helen. Well, now listen, we still disagree on some things. We got a really, really uh, a fight uh, about a year ago about, I was trying to make a, a comment about freedom of expression, freedom of speech. Um, I used a, a bad example because it was too, it was too tenuous. Uh, I'm not even going to bring up the example, but mm-hmm. it, it was the wrong example because it, it was part of my point because I, I felt that the freedom of speech, if we really believe in that, isn't tested when we agree with what the speech is all about. Uh, but I think I used an example that wasn't like one step outside of her, of, of Helen's um, uh, belief system. It was so far outside of her belief system it was just a wrong example, and then our 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 argument became about the example itself. I'll just say what it i I used chappelle's uh, stand up the the closer
0: oh yep, yep,
1: so it was so far beyond the pale for Helen she couldn't get past that if i used it. If, if I used like somebody the freedom of speech I, I don't know I was trying to make a point it wasn't a great point but it was so far beyond the pale for her uh you know so But it helped me to learn. It helped me to learn, you know, how to make a better argument. If I want to make an argument about the freedom of speech, it helped me to learn that I have to respect certain folks' um, boundaries. I have to respect certain folks, you know, what is beyond the pale for them if I want to stay in the conversation. So I'm not going to say it was a good argument. Um, I'd rather not have gotten into it. I'd rather have learned some of the lessons that I learned. in in a less contentious way. Um, But I did, I did learn a lot about that. So I guess, I guess, again, I I come back around to having, having friends in our life that are different from us, um, having people in our lives that can teach us and open our eyes to things that we didn't see that I I don't know any other way, you know, maybe, maybe we can read a book.
3: If they're not banned. Damage Report with John Iderola is one of the most popular shows on the TYT network that serves as your daily breakdown of the genuine threats and challenges facing our country and world. These days, we're confronted with an overwhelming sea of shocking, confounding, and devastating news stories. The Damage Report is your life raft, helping you navigate the day's news and understand the damage caused by the corrupt establishment, politicians, corporations, and everything in between. Join The Damage Report's notorious fan club, The Dragon Squad, where you become part of a fantastic community of progressives. Create a fun dragon nickname that fits your personality, collaborate, and participate in fun activities like voting for the garbage person of the week, and much more. Listen to The Damage Report on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You know, like I but I I I no, I say I say that, you know, I worry. I say I say that, you know, seriously because there are, you know, and uh, the the last question I want to ask you but before I get there, I, I say that there are people that are desperate for information that want the truth. And I just want people to understand that Politicians are going to the extreme to say that no, you shouldn't read this book we're going to burn it we're gonna ban it and I'm like, these are the tenets of how authoritarianism and fascism take hold. Education is the fir- and the freedom of education is the first place that they go to so for those people who may live in community don't who don't live in you know, particularly diverse communities, whether it be culturally, linguistically, you know, racially, and so they're the only way for them to to build that bridge of understanding that you're saying is to begin to try and educate themselves. But then I'm going to my library, I'm enrolling in my kids in school, and I can't get those things. I can't util- I can't access those tools because those tools are being kept from me. That's the, that's the extreme of where we are. But my last question for you, Corey, is this, there are a lot of people, you know, over the, particularly since the insurrection. So, you know, we're, we're, we're coming up on, on two years, like you said, since, since the insurrection that lost, that have lost a lot of family and friends that have lost the ability to come to the table and have communication. Um, and have thrown up their hands, right? Donald Trump, MAGAism, Trumpism has been the most successfully divisive tools and strategies um, that this country has ever seen. And it has divided families, it has divided friendships, it's divided entire communities. And so, my question to you for you know, for people that listen to this show, who they are one of those people um that they are like I'm done. And there are certain people that you need to be done with. But then there are those like you're saying that maybe all is not lost. Right? What advice do you give them in terms of how one decides to even go back to a table that's been overturned. Right? A table that has been flipped. What what advice do you give to people who still say, you know what, I want to keep trying? Or I want to try again, right? To reach who I thought was unreachable.
1: Yeah. So I think it's a great question. And I think having that goal is, is step number one. Having that that disposition is, is a good way to go. Giving yourself permission to mess up is really important. You know, mm. giving yourself permission to. Have a a bad conversation, but but to still be committed to come back around to it, you know. So give because because you're gonna revisit it with a friend, and something's gonna come up, and you're it's just gonna be you you can't do it anymore, you know. And like it happens to me all the time where I just lose my shit, like I just I can't like I mess it up, but I'm committed to continuing the conversation and trying again and getting better, you know. So I would say that one, one thing is, you know, I had a conversation, my middle kid, uh, I have 21, 19 and 17 year old, 19 year old. When vaccines first became available, he took a wait and see approach. Uh, but because he was waiting, he got beat up by a bunch of other people in our family and friends. And, um, I was one of them. I was like, dude, are you you fucking stupid? Like just get the damn shot, you know? Mm -hmm. But because of that, being the 19 year old boy that he is, he, he just decided, screw you. I'm, now I'm definitely not getting it, you know? Mm. So I stayed in the relationship. He still hasn't gotten his vaccines, but I knew that I lost the privilege of having that conversation with him because I was one of the ones that was beating him up. I was dog on the rabbit, you know? So what, what do you do? I just want to stay in a relationship with the kid. And maybe we could talk about welding, which is his, his trade. Maybe we could talk about, I love the Mets. Let's talk about the Mets. You know, stay in the game, you know, just stay in a conversation. Talk about everything else. You know, yeah, you got to still get back, got to get back around to the big, important things. But I didn't get him to get the vaccine, but we were going on a family uh, outing with uh, four or three other families, and he did submit to getting a test, you know? So that was something. At least he acknowledged, yeah, this thing is actually real. It's not made up by the fake media. It's actually real. And you know what, could you at least get, get a test before you join the rest of us? There's, there was one or two people that were immune, uh, uh, immunocompromised. He's like, all right. So again, like I didn't get him to get the shot, but like even him acknowledging that, yes, there is a pandemic, there is a disease. It is real. And I'll get the test, you know, and he tested negative, thank God. And, you know, it was, it was, it made it, uh, it was a compromise that everybody made. But that's just an example of like stay in the conversation, recognize and give yourself permission to mess up, you know. And maybe you just got to talk about the Mets for a while before you get back to politics and religion, you know. But eventually, uh, I think what earned my right back into that conversation was acknowledging with Jackie Boyd, uh, the older of the two boys, that uh, I messed up. And I'm sorry, and uh, you know it, it gave it gave me the open door to revisit it. And even though he didn't do what I wanted him to do. He he, like came one step in my direction, you know, to what I think is good for him, frankly, and good for everybody else around him. So I don't know. That, that's not it's not an entire book. It's not, you know, here's here's the 10 steps to, you know, <laughs> but it's just a an illustration, a, a short story to um, illustrate how how you can do this thing. We can do it better. We can do it better.
3: And we should try. We should definitely try. Corey Nathan. Thank you so much for making the time to join Woke AF, folks. His podcast is Talking Politics and Religion Pod. You must check it out. There are great conversations. I've been on. My friend Wajahat has been on. Many other people have been on. So do check Corey out and follow the pod and follow Corey Nathan. Appreciate you, friend.
1: Danielle, I love hanging out with you. We definitely (laughs) have to do this in person. And Whiskey is definitely going to be involved.
3: (laughs) It will be. That is it for me today, folks, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck.
0: for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Defect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: That's
2: right.
1: right. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend Jon Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.